1: Welcome to episode 10 of Pints of Politics UK. Last week I was um, completely out of it, as was Adam, actually, both uh, ill with very different um, symptoms. Mine was I couldn't speak, literally. Adams was, actually no, Adams was also similar, he couldn't really speak. I don't think that was due to alcohol, which is um, quite quite a surprise, but this week he is. Back um, with his booze and um, he's not with us today he's actually prepping his only fans channel and in his uh, sorry Adam in his uh, repl- replacement we have um, Gus how would you describe yourself I mean I don't think uh, you would be maybe necessarily a member of the working class but then at the same time as we discussed before we went on air I don't think you would either you would be uh, necessarily a necessarily a posh boy
0: Uh, I'd say my parents are working class, but I'm most certainly not, (gasps) um, is how I describe it. Yeah. So I guess I'm first generation middle class technically. Yes. Um,
1: that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what Adam would class himself as, more of a reckless drinker, but, um, I can assure you that Gus will not slur his words. He will add some sophistication to this (laughs) chat. And well, I do hope so. And, And I, and I am slandering Adam a lot here because that's what I do, but. Hopefully he's having a good time. Today he deserves it. He's had a very, very, very hard month at work. And we'll leave that there. No more context needed. Anyway, on with this podcast. So, again, apologies for last week, but now we're back. We're back with a big topic. And this week's big topic, it felt appropriate, really, to cover just where Britain are now, or or England, as Adam keeps saying, because Wales are at a different stage as so as Scotland, just where England are uh, in the uh, coronavirus um unravelling of the of the restrictions. Uh, Boris Johnson's roadmap seemed to me at the time to be a touch ambitious, uh, but it seems to be going quite well so far. And this week, Gus, we have had the privilege of being able to go out and, and partake in outdoor sports again.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good that the, uh, the 29th of March, uh, the rule of six in the outdoor uh, the gathering outdoor rule was uh put into place. I think the case have been holding pretty stable. Mm. Um, obviously, time will tell whether they start creeping back up when uh, when the uh, the effects of the last uh, the last few days start to take hold mm. uh, in two weeks' time. But yeah, it's everything seems to be good. It's had had a push of nice weather as well, which has uh caused some uh, caused some problems for some local parks and stuff with the uh, yeah. with the gatherings but yeah all in all i think it's good uh everyone's everyone's happy to be out out again yeah uh, the real test will be to see whether the uh the vaccination program can carry on and uh yeah. i think um with uh like a lot of people are not a lot of uh, people aren't getting new vaccinations they're just uh revaccinating mm-hmm. old uh older people now who've already yeah. had one so the, cash, the case, the test will be to see if the uh, cases can hold steady during this
1: time. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you noted, there's been a sort of relaxing of the restrictions and everything's sort of um, starting, uh, long road, ro- long road, in a sense, back to uh, a sense of normality. And like you say, there's now, you can now do the outdoor, um, you can now meet outdoors, you can now play sports. Can you go to any of your seven holiday homes yet? Or is that still on the, uh, mm-hmm.
0: that's still, I mean. You know, uh, Scotland aren't letting people in again. Yeah so uh, the 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 home in Scotland is uh is off the off the books for a little while. I'm just, afraid.
1: Just the other six to choose from, then. Anyway, so what we're going to look at is just exactly. yeah, fantastic. Uh, there we are. We're hammering home that middle class uh, aesthetic, and it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I I only own the one. I I would class myself as aspiring middle class. I must say, and that's not a that's not as a slander to the working class. I come from a working class background as well, but of course I've just got the one home, and maybe maybe a um, a tent. If I want to make a second one on a field somewhere which is very, very mobile. Maybe I can do that now with the restrictions that have been... Um, See, land ownership, part of the aristocracy. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm part I'm part, of the problem as well. Um, sure. Uh, but no, I mean, it did it, 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 it feel different today. I mean, when I played football this week, um, I was terrible, as I noted off air, but it felt a bit more... Um, Symbolic of something like, um, like a, a more meaningful because of the past a uh, few months of, of a full lockdown or, or close to a full lockdown. Um, and the on it, the, at the start of March, sorry, it was the reopening of schools as well, which at the time felt like the the first tick, I suppose, on well, it was quite a big tick actually on, on getting, getting that um roadmap off and ready and, and going because when you put everyone back to schools without the staggered nature um, that many wanted, when they all go back at once, that's going to obviously cause a rise in cases. And I think it has. Data would suggest that it has already has slowed the drop in cases that we saw with the lockdown, but it's not been quite as astronomical as some would have thought has it.
0: Uh, yeah. I think um, looking from the graph, it seems fairly stable. Mm. It didn't, the gradient was sort of slowing down a little bit anyway, but it seems to just the, the sort of the equilibrium of new cases from schools and more people getting vaccinated has sort of found like a middle point. Um, it was a bit of a surprise to me that they brought them back so early because I think um, it's three weeks before the end of term, I think they should have sort of been thinking, or at least in my opinion, they should have sort of been thinking, well, if we run out this three weeks, then it's Easter holidays. That's five mm. free weeks of no schools mm. for the price of three weeks of, uh, in school education. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good that, I think it's good that they're back. Uh, and I think it's good that it's the first step that they're back and kind of taking the, uh, kind of leading the way, yeah. uh, the younger generations leading the way, so to speak.
1: Um, and I
0: think it's going to have a big impact on, uh, the, uh, the health and the educational of, uh, of students
1: yeah to be honest with you uh i'm i'm the more, when I, whenever i look back at my own education particularly at school and particularly at college i do think a lot of it's so not great i must say but i, th- I think for me the biggest aspect that's another debate altogether the biggest aspect to, uh, for the kids is getting the mental health back on track which for kids you know being locked up away it's not natural um so i think to get back into uh some kind of uh mental good place is, is really is really important for especially like I say for teenagers and stuff it was still developing and maturing, it is it's really important. And, and that was, I say, that was, that was last March and that seemed to have gone without too many repercussions. And now we're here and now we're un- unraveling again. And we've got uh, the outdoor things going on. That seems to be going okay. But there has been a bit of a, a snag, I suppose, to it in the fact that, We've seen so many. It's like it's like you give them a give them a hand and they take an arm and a full body. Um, in, in reference to sort of some young, some younger people. I could maybe I can use the word students without sounding hypocritical because I'm not a student anymore. I'm a I'm an adult man, so I can I can say them pesky students coming over here, ruining our parks. And when I say that, Gus, they think... had, it's been crazy. I think they would going around to lots That's of parks. Fun. Big gatherings, lots of rubbish, lots of non-social distancing. I mean, this could cause a rise in the cases as well as lots of annoyance and frustration from all the litter that's been left.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it will see maybe a right, like a localized sort of uh, concentration of cases. Um, also, yeah, the litter is absolutely atrocious. It seems to be. It doesn't seem to be like an isolated incident either. Almost every. Uh, photo of every sort of large park that there was a big gathering in and major cities seemed to have this terrible litter
1: problem. Honestly the Um, Green Party would have been shaking with rage I mean even just the note. I'm not surprised. Yeah just the just just yeah for the context of anyone that's not seen it was horrendous it was like a landfill site everywhere every single park it was just filled with trash and you've got Again, lots of, lots of them were... I think I think it's probably alcohol-fused as well because once people have had quite a few drinks, they don't feel like tidying up in some cases, and then it's just led to mass distribution of, of waste. It's been awful uh, all over the place. It's it's ruined a lot of scenic places. I think when you've got uh, sort of
0: like, I would say, modern news outlets like, uh, like uh, dare I say, like the Lad Bible, or ones <laughs> that seem to have some sort of influence over yeah. uh, influence over social media more than yeah. say traditional media, and certainly Joe.co.uk when they're posting <laughs> daily countdowns yeah. on yeah. when people yeah. can yeah. go to the pub <laughs> and when people can meet up and all this kind of stuff. I think it's gonna. I think that sort of that sort of rallies you up a little bit. A little bit. And I think that's what's happened. I think everyone's seen this. Everyone's been anticipating yeah. it. Everyone's had the same idea. <laughs> it's like a, it's like last summer when they said you can go to the beach,
1: yeah.
0: and all of a sudden the beaches are absolutely flooded by people who all had the same idea. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not a great, it's not it's not a good thing, but mm. it's something that's almost certainly going to happen if uh, you know, like a localized, uh, just a mass convergence yeah. on anywhere that's sort of been off limits for the past few months. Yeah.
1: Other teenage uh, uh, aim teenage boy aimed websites are available, as well as Joe and uh, and Lab Bible. But yeah, I mean,
0: they were the two. They were the two that uh, that posted on Facebook this morning, and yeah. they were the two that I saw and got annoyed about.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, there are more, I'm sure, but they are two very big ones. I'm sure, sure everyone's heard of those. Uh, but yeah, no, you're probably right. There is definitely been a social media craze. And like you say, you, you sort of hinted at it then. Countdown for beer gardens, actually. And I mean, it's not even the in, in England and, and it's different in Wales. As I You know, I'd, I'd, Adam's sort of lingering over me now, like like a, like a Grim Reaper telling me, remember to um, state that Britain actually meets England, uh, whenever Boris Johnson refers to that, because, of course, Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland follow their own little uh, different set of rules because they are governed uh, by uh, different ministers. Um, but as of April the twelfth, beer gardens will be open, and then uh, it's a, I think also um, hairdressers as well at, at a similar time. And in the month of May, that's when the the pubs open. From the indoors as well. So at this moment, it's still kind of on track. Um, and what I would say is that I think we we put a lot of that speed and and, and progression, I suppose, down to very effective rollout scheme. Um, because you know, Britain are sorry, England are or Britain, I think I can say this instance are fourth in the UK for their rollout. Um, I think this is down to the financial times table there just behind Israel, United Arab Emirates and Chile. So that really is um, that that really is a big thing that we can praise this government for. Despite all the failings that we've seen, they seem to have hit the nail on the head with the speed and the efficiency of this vaccine rollout.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, That seems to be sort of like the one thing. We've managed to sort of get a very good, um, we had a very good uh, efficient order placement with the uh, the Pfizer jab. And we managed to get some doses secured for that. And then also we developed our own with the AstraZeneca. I think that's been um, pretty instrumental to to a successful vaccine uh, rollout. But yeah, we've been doing good. I think that was always sort of the UK's exit strategy strategy to just try and control everything as best they can. Uh, and just hope that the vaccine comes through, uh, which of course has led to us having a lot of cases more than um, many other European countries. But then I think also now they're sort of in this uh, seemingly unavoidable third lockdown or approaching the unavoidable third wave, yeah. um, and we're sort of we're we're sort of coming out of that already. So we've sort of accelerated our own uh, progression through the sort of COVID. Uh, through the sort of COVID um, up and down, up and downs, if you like.
1: Yeah, it was literally all in. I mean, you touch on it. France now is in a third lockdown. Germany looks set to go into a third lockdown. Many of you, much of Europe, is well behind on the on the um, on the vaccine rollout. I mean, I, I, I'm careful how I phrase this, actually, but would you say that the Fact that we aren't, we are no longer in the European Union. Do you think that's had any effect on how we've been able to get this vaccine rollout quicker than the rest of Europe? Um,
0: I think, to an extent, I think,
1: uh, I think you know, we,
0: there was the uh, dispute with the AstraZeneca vaccine first over whether Europe, uh, whether there was some sort of breach of contract with the uh, supply chain in Europe. Uh, and i know they were having some issues with their own supply chain in sort of uh, i think there's a f- facility in the netherlands mm. uh that was struggling um so your supply chain issues and we sort of we were sort of on the edge we were sort of on the fringes of whether i guess i guess whether we were, when we were in the eu or if we were still in the eu we would have been effectively forced to uh to partake in sharing of the uh, the vaccines out mm. um, whereas this we sort of were with we were sort of on the other side of the dispute if you like yeah um and then also again with the uh with whether the AstraZeneca vaccine caused any sort of uh, health issues um i think i think uh us leaving the eu has had a uh, sort of a, a, a marginal positive effect on the uk um, mm. in terms of its progress through the vaccine program but i don't know how much uh yeah, I don't really know. I can't really imagine the bigger picture in terms of that leaving the EU has been an absolutely massive help for the UK, really. Yeah, so... Sort of, uh, not really a help, not really a hindrance.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Viva la Brexit. There we go. That, it was all worth it in the end. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Maybe, maybe not quite that uh, glowing you, of a. If
0: you, if you say so. Well, some people
1: <laughs> you think it, Some people believe that. So we'll we'll have to see. But yeah, no, I, I think at present it's looking quite rosy for Britain, and like you say, it seemed to be a. There seemed to be um, a desire to get that vaccine as soon as possible, uh, and to put all the eggs in the vaccine basket and just get it over, get it done and not to think too much, not to think too much about variants, not to think too much about um, certain uh, sort of things that could go wrong and just to sort of go, well, hopefully it will go right. And they really did push for it, especially in December. Um, and the, as I say, as, as this podcast and Adam and, and myself, will would be particularly sceptical about the UK government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic because, I'd say for the, for the majority of 2020, it was a bit of a car crash. But in 2021, well, they seem to have turned it around a little bit. And dare I say that, you know, the, the general population, the general public remember how something ends more than they do the, the, the build-up to it. So they might actually come out of this pandemic with a degree of uh, public positive, pu- pu- a positive public opinion.
0: I think that's uh, yeah. I think you're right. I also think that's quite unfortunate, really, um, especially considering the, uh, the sort of decision-making process at the start. Um, we we did have the highest uh, number of cases in Europe for, for a significant period of 2020. I think France has only just overtaken us as they've started to go in this uh, started to go into this third wave, and they're pushing about 60,000 cases a day. I think, mm. uh, which is what we were in. Sort of late December, early January. Hmm. Decision making is poor, but, um, and the handling certainly was poor, especially with like the PPE contracts and the track and trace. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely scandalous. Um, But at the same time, you're right. People generally will remember things much more favorably if they go right at the end. And that's seemingly what's happened. Whether this was
1: the plan all along, (laughs) uh, I can't possibly say. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure um, there was a, there was a, an intention to end on a positive note because, as you say, it, the, the 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 goldfish memories are quite um, frequent co- across the uh, UK population. Not such positivity for Boris Johnson elsewhere. Uh, Sunday Mirror exclusive this week uh, was with. Uh, Uh, Jenny Akuri from um, America, her story, um, the shock, the thing that shocked the world that she indeed did have an affair with Boris Johnson, the prime minister, for over four years uh, while he was married. And the shock that the hundred thousand pounds that he gave her in taxpayer money was motivated to keep her quiet about this affair. Now, I don't know about you Gus. I didn't see this one coming. I, to
0: be fair, I have to. I have to be honest. I didn't. I didn't even know about it until you uh, really? got on the agenda for today. Uh, that, that was my so sarcastic. I've been, been enlightened. That was my sarcastic uh, voice. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really help Boris's public image, <laughs> but I also feel like it's not, it's nothing new for his character. So it doesn't yeah. really, really because it's just sort of how everyone views Boris already. Yeah. Um, as for the money, yes. I think. Uh, the sort of corruption yeah. uh, that's that's uh, within the government is f- something that we've become uh, semi-accustomed to with the PPE contracts mm. uh, and the NHS Test and Trace app. And I remember reading, I think it was a few months ago, that, sub- uh, that one of the MPs claimed AirPods on their expenses, yeah. uh, which obviously isn't as... Uh, blatant as 126k uh or whatever the figure was mm. but at the same time it's sort of it's sort of an inclination i think if you uh i think if you split the money he'd paid her between all the taxpayers it's yeah. like it's nothing is uh five thousandths of a penny each yep um oh yeah or thousandths of a pound each but if you asked each taxpayer whether they'd like to donate that money <laughs> they'd still say no no <laughs> <laughs> Even if it is that minuscule amount, what happens so... if it's for Boris though?
1: Bumbly Boris, what everyone's best friend. Us? Come on, don't. Uh... <laughs> no, obviously a bit of sarcasm there from me. Uh, doesn't? Oh, well, it happens quite often. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Ghost, you didn't. A- you didn't actually know, which is fair play to you because. Uh, you know you, you you might not have been on twitter that morning but i was and it didn't surprise me in the slightest uh, i knew that he'd already given uh, uh the lady a loan uh quite a while ago now actually and then blatantly lied and said oh it was to do with i don't know uh it was a repayable loan she needed it for this and it was all all above board well obviously not quite all above board um again like I say it should be a surprise to no one except Gus or anyone that wasn't actually following the story in which case it was a surprise but for everyone else I think we all knew there was something seedy going on Boris gave over uh that sum of money um with with quite a whimsical uh story to back up why he did it uh, but like you say I think it's uh go on it's fairly in character for Boris yeah
0: at this point um <laughs> I don't. I think. I think even though the exact details of the story were a surprise to me, mm. the the fact that the story itself exists was not a massive surprise. Yes,
1: I did. I, I, I didn't do it. Is what he, he probably uh, probably said to his to his pressers. Uh, that's terrible, yes, really. I, 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 a fantastic thing for Britain. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good. Not as good as Donald Trump. Is it? And I did as a great well thing, and it was great. I didn't. T- I didn't do anything. Okay, the hundred thousand dollars. I think, but it was it not as good as that. There you go. That's uh, that's something for everyone to laugh at, or 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 I don't know. Maybe maybe just a bit of light humor there somewhere. I mean, this to- whole topic actually on Boris is a bit of a light humored thing, and as well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It won't do his character any harm because hell, you know, everyone knew this was who he was. It makes him more of a flawed kind of leader, which seems to appeal to a lot of people. You know that people don't pretend to be like this godlike figure. They, they're there with all the flaws out in plain sight. And quite frankly, like you say, no one really cares. So it was a front page exclusive for the Sunday Mirror. And like you said, you've not really heard about it. And I guarantee a lot of other people haven't either because you know what? No, no if, it, if 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 Boris Johnson does this, no one really cares. And whether they should, they should. I mean, the principle of getting 100,000 of taxpayers' money to go to someone because it's all, you know, all because of this seed little affair that he had, that should concern people. But like you said, it's not really a lot in the grand scheme of things, but the principle should concern people but a lot of principles that should concern people that just don't um but anyway yeah i I suppose that's just boris being boris we'll move on to just a few other quick stories yeah uh here i'll just just say one more thing i think
0: with boris because of the way he conducts himself it's quite easy to not take him seriously yeah but then i think for a lot of people that carries over to when they criticize him, they don't take their criticism seriously either Mm. Uh, which sort of leads to this sort of feedback where no one really likes him, <laughs> or not many people like him as much as uh you know, not many people uh perhaps approve of him, mm. but at the same time, a lot of people don't have any serious criticism because it's just oh that's Boris. That's yeah. how Boris is. Yeah. Um yeah. It creates a sort of weird uh sort of like niche um relationship that he has with the public.
1: It 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 is it is a strange relationship that he has with the public. It, it certainly is, uh, and it was quite well put. Yeah, there's sort of a uh, an unknown quantity region somewhere in the middle there, where it's really difficult to say, to to comprehend what individuals actually think of the uh, British Prime Minister. Um, which, which I suppose differentiates him from Trump, who often had like extreme opinions on both sides. Uh, but the two are compared quite often. Um anyway, um yeah, moving on to two other quick stories before we move before we get on to the debate section. And um yeah, so suggestion this week that COVID passports should be used. This was actually backed up by Boris Johnson and is believed to be a thing that Michael Gove wants to happen as well. So COVID passport, what's that? It's not about if you go on holiday to Europe, because let's be I'm gonna be honest now, I don't know if that's actually gonna happen this year for anyone because of the state of Europe at the moment. Um so I'd, I'd, i would i would Keep those uh, holiday bookings. Um, uh, I, well, I wouldn't be making it. Let's just say that. Um, I had a, uh, yes. I had a holiday rebooked from last year. Did you? <laughs> Did you? Oh, good. Where was that? To? Yeah,
0: we were meant to go to uh, to Greece for my cousin's wedding. Okay. Um, and the wedding got cancelled, unsurprisingly, and the yeah. holiday was too expensive to cancel because we could. If we cancelled, uh, if we cancelled it altogether, we couldn't get the money back. Yeah. for some part of it but if we yeah. rebooked it we could get everything back yeah so we've
1: had to rebook it for this august and keep our fingers crossed yeah i mean yeah. i'd still keep them crossed. i mean it's a very difficult one to call this because while britain seems to be rolling out okay and by august you know could be very very close if not already at a sense of normality the, the whole the rest of europe it's just a it's just a minefield for trying to work out what's going to go on but covid passports anyway not to do with going abroad from from the from the United Kingdom, it's more to do with pubs. So pubs are set to open fully next month, uh, and without restrictions. I think in Ju- by the June the twenty first. Um, but COVID passports would be that would be in place for anyone that doesn't have the vaccine. They aren't allowed to attend essentially. So everyone has to be vaccinated before they enter a pub. Uh, Keir Starmer said that would be un-British thing to do. Um, now. <laughs> I did think, and you've got an opinion on this, because I thought this sounded a bit Alan Partridge-y, but at the same time, Keir Starmer is trying to push Labour into um, a more patriotic kind of public image. And he's certainly on the right uh, side of the public opinion on this, because public opinion is very anti-COVID passports, I think, from what I've, from what I've read. Um, and he's if he can push Labour into the... Um, into positive public on the right side of public opinion and try to mold a more patriotic uh, shape out of the Labour Party, then he will think he's doing the right thing in some kind of long term sense to getting Labour back to where he wants them. And, you know, Labour members want to be or the majority of them. And that is into a position where they can be realistically electable.
0: Um, yeah, I think it depends my sort of, uh, my, I so I read, I read a, I read a, a few little, uh, articles just to see what he, uh, just to see what he'd said and kind of what, what he was, uh, going for. And it, I think from the context, uh, or from, from my judgment of it, it depends on you how you would define un British, mm. um, whether he's talking about the rule is an un British rule, um, and, uh, and the legislation goes against something that Britain stands for, or whether he's talking about it not being something that British people would want to do. Um, and I think if it's if it's if he's talking about the rule, I think that's uh, not really a fair statement because I think the rule should be made to set an example, mm-hmm. um, especially regarding health and stuff in public. yep. Um, so I think I think that would be an unfair statement, but from from what I read, uh, of what, what he said, the context seemed to uh, hint that it was more about the attitude of the British people um, to to not wanting the COVID passports. Yeah. Um, and I think from what you said uh, about the approval of uh, about the approval of the public from his thoughts, um, I think he's sort of, it. I think he is right. Yeah. Um, I think from from sort of how we talked about with the parks before, I think there's like a I think there's a uh, I think there's sort of a a feeling we're on the home straight and people don't really want to see barriers put in the way mm. yeah um, even if the barriers are to help keep people uh, to help keep people safe people feel mm. uh, like say, a little bit complacent mm. um, and they kind of think you know you see uh, you kind of everyone's so hopeful that this is going to be the final straight and they don't want more barriers put in the way that keeps yeah. them from uh doing what they've been waiting over a year to do.
1: We know what it um, is, don't
0: we? We do. <laughs> we do. Uh, uh and I think the justification people have is probably everyone else is, so why can't I? Yeah. Um yeah. Which you know, if someone like if if your mate's got a covid passport and you don't,
1: yeah.
0: It's not going to be, you know, yeah. People aren't going to be happy about that sort of uh yeah. That sort of thing, even if that's actually the right thing to the right thing to do mm. for the health of the public.
1: No, I, I agree, and I also think that I, you know what it's quite it's quite interesting. You wouldn't think that was a policy Boris Johnson was going to advocate putting forward because it's going to have a detrimental effect, you'd imagine, to the economy of the post because it's going to limit the amount of people that can. Go. I mean, the majority will have the vaccine, of course, but having to bring the passport as well those who don't have the vaccine, it's gonna limit the, the the ceiling, the expenditure that you'd expect the hospitality sector to get, um, when all of the COVID um outbreak is all said and done. Uh, which is something really you don't want to do given the struggles they've been through already. And also, if people aren't getting the vaccine, and you know, we all have these anti-vaccine conspiracists and, and whatnot, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't I don't, buy into any of it myself, but there's going to be a lot of people that don't get the vaccine maybe with really strong mental health problems and they feel scared of the vaccine. You're going to have people who are genuinely terrified of needles or genuinely terrified of vaccines and maybe have been influenced by certain rumours and, and, and are in a mindset which they can't change. And, you know, for those who are vulnerable to, to, to strong mental health um, issues and those who aren't in the right frame of mind, like you say, they're just sort of seeking and, and, and hoping for a, a speedy return to this sense of normality. So people probably can't even comprehend the, the, the virus. So people probably can't even comprehend um, the, 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 nece- the necessity that it really is to, to get the vaccine so that everyone can be immune to the virus. So unless half of the population are going to say, oh, I'm not getting the virus, you know, uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the, the whole population, yeah. <laughs> the whole population should say that. So if, if, if the half of the population say I'm not getting the vaccine, then obviously that I think the COVID passport becomes a legitimate thing. If 0.5 percent of the population say I'm not getting the vaccine, I think we can work with that without heavy handling the situation because I imagine a lot of those people probably are really struggling in a, from a mental capacity because I don't think. The majority of people that wouldn't take it or the majority of people that don't want to take it, I don't think would be necessarily people who are uh, fully up to speed, fully comprehending the, the gravity of this situation and are in a fully capable state of mind to outwardly say, I'm not taking it. I think a lot of people have hidden issues that we probably can't see, so... that's just my thoughts on it. I think it's a bit more complicated than you're a selfish person if you don't take the vaccine, because, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people that have, um, you know, a lot of hidden issues we can't see. And there's a lot of reasons why people might not necessarily want or, or have to take the vaccine. So long story short, basically something compounded on what you've said, uh, probably a no to the vaccine passports, I think, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I think the
0: I think the general consensus on the idea is, with the public at least, is that they don't want it. But then, yeah. and I I I fully kind of yeah, I'm I'm behind what you're saying with the idea of uh, you know if 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 no one wanted to get the vaccine, mm. then this bill would probably pass for pubs and restaurants. Yeah. But the fact that you know they're saying oh. 80% of people can get the vaccine, and will probably have the herd immunity, or even might even be 60% yeah. of the vaccine, Yeah. Uh, depending on what the R number would be if it was totally uncontained. Yeah, uh, I think I think that does sort of eliminate the need. I think for I think the uh, the opposition for um, needing a, a vaccine passport for large venues was relatively minimal.
1: Mm. Um,
0: so I think uh, like stadiums and concerts, sure, uh, stuff like the Euros. Coming yep. up, I think, I think the idea that people would need a vaccine passport for that is fairly well cemented. But I think it's for things like small venues, like pubs and restaurants, that um, cool. that people are so- s- struggling to see the relevance. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that's gonna that's gonna sort of uh, potentially uh, make this uh, not likely to pass mm-hmm. as a uh, as a, a sort of a rule. Is that I think people are going to argue that it has the potential to be clumsy, slow, and expensive. Yeah. Um, if implemented wrong, which, from you know, from what you can see of uh, the uh, NHS Test and Trace originally, yeah, um, and all and all the other various uh, various missteps that the government's made, I think yep. that there's some anecdotal evidence there that it probably would be a bit slow and a bit clumsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think for that reason, it'll probably get shot down.
1: Yeah, no, I Um, I I would I would agree, and I I I, like I say, the reason I found it quite baffling is because this is a government, a Conservative government, really that that uh that you know conservatives stand for the economy more than anything it's what they pride themselves on a strong economy and usually it's the other way around that they don't take into pub- account public health concerns as much but i think in this pandemic we've seen quite a bit of a role reversal that's had to happen and um you know it's just evidence that there is a there is a scientific um influence i suppose on the prime minister because i don't think it's a, a decision he would necessarily be thinking about uh with the be- e- e- economy's best interests at heart but anyway just briefly, actually, because. Uh, uh, we'll move on to a bit of a debate feature in a second. But, uh, yeah, we had a government report uh, this week that came out. Um, it was based on institutional racism. Apparently there isn't any. So, <laughs> I, I saw uh,
0: an article today. Yeah. Um, I just read the headline, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But I saw something that um, claimed that key experts yeah. uh, who were meant to be consulted for, for that report had not been consulted.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, Uh, Which could
0: be a bit of institutional racism in itself, don't you think?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It probably could be. Um, You know, I mean, the Boris Johnson filed for this almost um, as soon as he got elected, really. And uh, well, shortly after, because there was, um, there was a, there was a clamor for it to happen. And essentially the, one of the main, one of the leaders, I think, for this was uh, actually a good friend of Boris Johnson. Um, one of the leading re- people who was consulted for this report and compiled this report was a key friend of Boris Johnson. So that leads to one suggestion of how it might have been conducted the the report. And also, like you said, I think there was there was also. Um, so yeah, no uh, resignation from uh, Number Ten Race advisor, Samuel Kasumu um so he used to he was working with uh, the conservatives he resigned as a result of that report and i think that says all you really need to know and like you said gus i think uh it's been a bit of a a fudged report shall we say i mean the findings didn't surprise me as such because i mean i have to well the the findings we we know really many of us that there is institutional racism that goes on as a result of the amount of stories we hear about it in the actual real life narratives that we that we can see and uh, how it affects uh black and ethnic minorities across the uk so although the fines of the, this result didn't surprise me when you fa- when you consider who was conducting this who wasn't conducted uh for this report like you said and uh, this is really com- uh really sort of evidence with the uh, resignation of um of samuel Kasumu. but anyway on to uh well we call it British culture feature I suppose this is it, it sort of ties in with the debate really it's just a bit of context into it, it gives us a bit of a platform to go into the debate section really and it, uh, this week we've gone through quite a lot we've gone through NHS we've gone through lefty loons and gammons and right wing you know everything's really been co- covered pubs and would have been quite appropriate for this week actually, but I think we've already done it, so we can't do that. Um, So we're going now to Scotland Yard, and that sort of brings on to you can probably guess where this is going. It's more police discussion, but I mean Scotland Yard, head of uh, general headquarters, or considered to be the general headquarters of, uh, of all things police in the UK, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um,
1: you hear it, you hear it tossed about on the news. Uh, it's tossed about in lots of dramas. I mean, I think. Doctor, uh, I remember when I used to watch Doctor Who when I was younger back in the day. Lots of references to Scotland Yard. I think you see it on a, you see it on a lot of dramas. Do you watch Line of Duty?
0: Uh, I've watched a few episodes of Line of Duty. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get into it fully enough. No. Um, no I was going to, to pick really nine <laughs> nine.
1: No, to... no, no, um... no. Nah.
0: <laughs> um big brooklyn different uh, different different vibes i would yeah, say
1: yeah, quite different vibe, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was the only thing in color I like uh
0: really. yeah i like lauren or uk is it, um, it
1: used to be bradley Walsh used to be in that didn't he
0: yeah i think he might still be in that
1: yeah i mean like i said basically yeah scotland yard is something you probably see a lot in cinema really i suppose a bit like trying to think across the board you you know I, again i i relate back to america because this is the uh our our setup is from uh, Big Heads Media, which is an American website. So I always re- like to relate back to America in some way. And I suppose they are the the leader of the Western world, the United States. And I think in America, I suppose you think of the um, you think of the SWAT, SWAT, um, NYPD, um, things like that. I mean, it's a bit more varied in America because America so big. Whereas uh, you you sort of associate all police, I think, in England. With the head of Scotland Yard, which it really is, and you see it in a lot of dramas. Uh, but Scotland Yard's had a bit of a kicking um, recently. It's had a bit of a kicking, um, as have the police. Uh, the police have been doing kicking. I mean, everyone's been. Is, yeah, I was going to say, it's yeah. kicking, kicking a uh, physical, physical, or is... it was metaphor. It was non literal, but quite obviously, there's been a lot of scraps that could well be literal. Um, yeah, big debate really uh, this week is is uh, is is as I've highlighted or headlined, police versus protesters, and who is to blame for the recent events that we've seen? Um, those recent events we we've talked about Sarah Everard, myself, and Adam in the, in previous episodes, and 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 the 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 controversial nature around how the vigil of Sarah Everard was was and well ended up being a. a a battleground between police and pro and uh, protesters, um, actually, which was which was terrible, really. Um, but that's really carried on for a, a good few weeks now. Um, kill the bill, inspiration is 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 being t- thrown around and, and given as a as a as a legitimate reason for protesters to really f- take on the police. We'll talk about kill the bill in a second. Um, we've got the Bristol riots that's happened. I think not once but twice. We've had police fans on fire but then it's not all you know one side um is attacking the other and it's and it's the poor police that are um that are under attack because the police have also been you know far from squeaky clean themselves as we say going to the vigil in the first place um and causing a bit of a scene depending on the viewpoint you see uh, to be honest girls when you look at when you when you put this all together and you look at the different incidents, a lot of the time it's really it's really one of those where you'll see one camera and you'll say, "Oh my god, the police are terrible, terrible human beings." You'll see another camera and you'll say, "Oh my god, what are the protesters doing? They're terrible, terrible human beings." Um, so is it a case of almost? I mean, I think there is a. There, I, I'm more well. I'm not. I'm not going to go where I'm more sided with. Is it yet? Um, it, but but generally, is it a case of which camera do you see forms the opinion in that moment? Because it does feel like that sometimes a bit. It feels
0: like there's definitely an easy way to put a spin on things. Um, I think I think yeah, you see you see some camera angles and you think, what are these people doing? Yeah. And I think the the problem is the the, per, the let's say pro police mm. camera angles. I think protests are very. Easy to uh, to hijack into making it giving them a bad name very quickly, Um, and I think one thing, one way that I've kind of uh, thought about this was from the just going back to the Sarah Everard protest, the vigil I guess it was, um, which Mm -hmm. later was labeled as a protest. Mm -hmm. Not all the protesters were doing anything wrong.
1: No, of course not.
0: All of the police were involved in being let's say heavy-handed towards the protesters um i think it i think it's easy to put a spin on things um uh and i think perhaps the police want to try and salvage some of their reputation
1: Mm.
0: let's say uh and try and sort of paint the protests in a negative light but i think at the same time they can also only do so much when you think about what the protests themselves are for
1: Mm yeah no i mean after that vigil after that vigil it was the um the kill the bill um which which reminds me of i always think it sounds like kill bill i always have to remember to put the um not the film kill bill literally the the quote kill the bill uh which was in reference to a bill that was uh put through parliament twice i'm not sure if it eventually passed I'm, I think it's in the process of whether it gets passed or whether it doesn't but essentially we've talked about this in the um, in previous pod, uh, podcasts the idea that uh, what the government wanted to put forward and wanted to push through was a bill that really made it difficult to see a future for protests peaceful protests because it threatened peaceful protesters um under a line which said uh, officers could arrest, anyone who has some level of annoyance, which again is quite a tame thing and it, and it's in in the same breath as as years in prison um, for people that cause some kind of serious annoyance. Now Adam said actually which was a fair point it was it was, qu- it was done in quite a um, a way that was that left a bit of ambiguity there. Did it mean serious annoyance to the officer or serious annoyance to vast amounts of the public which was a fair point that he brought up. But either way, the lack of clarity on this bill and the lack of reasoning from the government as to what this would mean for protests and why they want to enforce this has really left a bit of a bloodbath, or 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 a or a really uncomfortable situation between two groups of people. That's been that's been you know essentially the government have thrown fuel to the fire of an already hostile situation and made it. Quite a bit worse. Yeah,
0: I'd uh, I'd I'd share your sentiment on that. I think it looks from it looks like the bill has been rushed through with uh, with some you know some harsh measures and some significant consequences for really not doing that much if you're doing a peaceful protest. And I think the thing people are, are most sort of annoyed about i would say is the fact that it feels like it's the thin end of the wedge yeah um this sort of uh this sort of mentality of the police saying because i said so um it gives police more power than they perhaps should have i think yeah people want to see the police perhaps with less power against things like this and they've been given more power and i think it's it's a tale of it's a tale of two sides almost because I would absolutely love to see uh, the police clamp down on any form of racist or anti-lockdown yeah. nonsense protests that we've seen, which usually are the ones with a high level of violence as yeah. well, yeah. might I add. Certainly yeah. the ones that were sort of conducted in response to the Black Lives Matter protests yeah. of, uh, about this time last year. Absolutely vile levels of violence there yeah, um, from people who didn't really have... A valid reason for a protest yeah. other than perhaps just some level of racism yeah but then at the same time this bill on the flip side of that gives the police discretion to uh to stamp down on peaceful peaceful protests
1: yeah uh or it seems they're... to it seems to again it, it... seems to yeah yeah Lack of clarity is, is really important in this. Like Adam but did all say. It seems
0: to be at their own discretion, whether they think it's yeah. too noisy, whether yeah. they yeah. think that the people aren't going to behave, whatever yeah. they think, it seems to be at sort of their own sort of discretion. There's no criteria that they sort of tick off yeah. or there's no uh, sort of approval process. It just seems to be when yeah. they feel like it.
1: Yeah. Um, back to, well, back to America now. We'll go to America actually. Before we get on to the Joe Biden news, actually, that about his. A recovery plan i suppose it's quite uh important to touch on uh, the george floyd case which is happening this week and it really is sickening actually i was listening to some of this on the news and um uh you know i mean just rec- just going back over some of the events that happened at that time and you're seeing his family in the court in tears to talk through the situation and and, and talk about uh, george floyd um you know, the officer this is completely different as well, by the way, I think to to quite a lot of the things that we've talked about. Police officers obviously the the, the one that murdered Sarah Everard should be absolutely punished and, and given uh the appropriate sentencing because that yeah that, that was a callous murder, disgusting murder and, and and this is no different uh racially motivated. Everyone really knows about the George Floyd case, I think, because of the BLM movement that it that it um, that it started across the world. Um, and yeah, just just listening back, it nine minutes that uh, he was lent on by the officer's knee, um, while the others just sort of helped out their officer friend, um, the, his, his, his his fellow police officer. I mean, it's it's shocking, isn't it? It really is. The worst, most brutal and horrific way for an officer, well, for anyone to die, never mind at the hands of someone who's supposed to prevent things like that from happening
0: yeah, exactly the police are meant to are meant to are ultimately there for the for the or their purpose is there for the betterment of society uh to try and protect people mm. uh if you can't out nine minutes just watching the clock, it is. Absolutely horrendous to count that down, knowing that that's the amount of time uh, that the police officer was kneeling on someone's neck. Um, it's it's shocking. Yeah. Once again, I think it's the uh, it's the whole culture of it. It's the government. It's mm. the legislation. It's just yeah. It's it's it, it's wrong from sort of from the very like the very almost building blocks mm. of it are wrong mm. um, and. You know, there was other officers there. They were helping. They didn't even... Yep. They were yep. helping him. Yep. They didn't even, like... They were helping this officer kill this man effectively. Yeah. They didn't even stop to think, hang on a minute. No. Like, they just
1: blindly carried it out. Mm. And that's pretty disgusting. Awful. And it was... It's obviously racially motivated. um. You know, and, and that's why it makes me... I mean, it's it's really... Um it it's really bad in America, of course, it racism anyway. And, and this and the George Floyd instance is just one of of many ways. I mean, it 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 it's I actually think with that as well, I know I know the officer didn't um you know, didn't kill him with a gun. It was it was far worse than that. But the gun culture in America as well does lead to hostile tensions. And I mean, obviously I think it's only right the police are given guns uh, in America. Uh, given that everyone else is entitled to one as well, but that amendment—the right to bear arms—even though Americans can't seem to think it, of life without that amendment, it's unthinkable, isn't it? From our point of view, that everyone can go around with the with the with the right to hold a gun and a, a firearm, it 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 just leads to so much chaos. Yeah, the
0: uh the the thing I always find uh with the um. With a fair few American policies, they were made a long time ago. Yeah. And times have changed. Mm. Uh, back in, back when, uh, you know, back when they, then when they brought in that amendment, uh, there wasn't an army, there wasn't a US army, there wasn't an organized police force uh, to protect people. Mm. It was, it was just effectively, a lot of it was sort of vigilante yeah um and i think times have you know times have changed and i think one of the one of the it's sort of like a uh like a bit of a stalemate at the moment you know Mm -hmm. you've got people saying people calling for uh you know the disarmament of the police yeah but then also the the citizen it's sort of like we won't put your gun down we won't put our gun down until you put yours down (laughs) and there's always the uh there's always the argument as well of um when when someone says, "Oh, well, just don't just make guns illegal," then yeah. the argument is always, "Well, how do we shoot the people with the guns then?" Okay, okay. Um, and it's yes. it's sort of this uh, it's this like f- almost like a logical fallacy that can never be uh, that people can never beat because yeah. it's it's fundamentally based off like a almost a false belief that gun yeah. control measures wouldn't uh, reduce the amount of gun crime. And so I think t- going yeah. back to the uh, the George Floyd murder, um, I know you said it wasn't anything to do with firearms. It was ultimately much more brutal. Yeah. Um, but another one that was to do with firearms was uh, Breonna Taylor's murder. Mm. Uh, she was mm-hmm. shot in her apartment uh, by armed police officers. She was yeah. totally unarmed. Mm. Come, yeah. it all comes back to the same sort of issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the American police system is ridiculously flawed. Our police system is flawed. Um, and yeah, and the gun, the, the aspect of the gun, it's like you say, it's... um, It's effectively like a stalemate, isn't it? Yeah, it uh, was a better word than that, but I can't remember what it was. But anyway, it was really well summarised. But yeah, no, that's worse because of the gun culture. Essentially, uh, the the idea they're too far gone I think is what I'm trying to say with that and, and, and in a sense we are grateful I think in the UK not to have that issue I mean some people might want to have a firearm. Yeah. I know I don't um, and I think we're far better I, without having it Um I would
0: I would absolutely rather not yes Yeah. no UK
1: absolutely
0: not I think but, I think the way it's done in the UK is if, it, if it's you are like the licensing process is strict,
1: yeah, very strict. It has
0: to be like purely recreational. There's yeah. absolutely has to be no chances for any sort of defense sure. purposes. Sure, no. Um, very... I think going back to like uh going back to the guns in America, there yeah. was a I think a headline, I think it was I think it was on the onion. So obviously, right. it was a uh, obviously, it was a total you know
1: satirical, very layered story, rap. yeah.
0: But it was uh you know, it was uh the uh it was sort of an, a, a jab at america if you like that said there's no way to prevent this hmm. says the only country where this regular happens regularly happens <laughs> yeah, of course uh, referring to uh general gun violence yeah
1: and yeah no it's uh, very true but again it's almost like it's too far gone and you just think like it's like you said it, it, it it's, it's they've got themselves into a such a big hole very 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 hard to get it out very hard um and I guess it, it, it's going to be difficult for any administration to put that through because of the fear of giving up your gun while someone else keeps it. it it's that thing you've said, and it, it's really difficult. And I, I'm very grateful the UK is not in that situation. Um, but with, with um, on a slightly brighter note for, for America, or slightly brighter note, the Republicans didn't like this, but Joe Biden did a $2.3 trillion recovery plan. So Democrats were quite happy about this because it were very uh, ambitious. Lots of green policies in there um uh electric uh electric char- char- charges for electric cars um gonna be put across uh, the united states um so that, to see it. yeah that, that's cool that's good that's progressive green movement uh 2.3 trillion dollars is a huge huge amount a huge amount this is like you know this is some unprecedented kind of stuff going on and it well i suppose this is unprecedented times and uh and biden has um, you know really really pushed the boat out here, going for lots of um, uh, lots of sort of green policies. Like I said, with the electric vehicles, uh, eliminating le- eliminating lead water pipes. Um, but the spending would be covered largely by raising uh, taxes on businesses. And I think uh, under Biden's uh, policy, it was it was businesses earning a lot of in terms of the profits um although republicans have said the, uh, the rises are a recipe for stagnation and decline which is probably what we would expect republicans to say um mm-hmm. i suppose republicans like the 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 american version of the conservative party in many ways and uh and and, and i suppose the democrats led by joe biden a little bit like a new labor kind of thing that we saw with tony blair um i would i would say and maybe now actually with Sir Keir stone we'll have to see how that pans out um but yeah, the bill has to pass. It has to pass through um, through the House of Representatives, I think, and um, it. I think it does need to. It does need some uh, Republican. Um, it does need, need some Republicans to vote it through because I think it, it doesn't have an absolute majority. It right? doesn't have an absolute majority. No, so I think it will need some Republican um, help along the way. Um, but the plan itself, it's. Very expensive, but it does it does show the potential, you know, for a, a president who, despite being uh the latter end of the of his 70s, is thinking for the future, he's thinking sustainability, he's thinking big, and he's he's quite a progressive centrist kind of guy, isn't he?
0: I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say uh I'd say the uh, I, I feel like American politics in general is fairly skewed to the right mm. compared to uh compared to what we'd have here. Really, so I, think, I, I, I think we're quite we're we're in the right now, think, aren't we? I think we're in the right, but I think Joe Biden wouldn't fit into a Labour sort of role. I think no. Joe Biden perhaps would be a Lib Dem or a uh, a Liberal Tory. Do you not think maybe a bit Tony Blair esque in the maybe? The yeah, idea. I could see a potentially a slightly yeah. more centrist Labour yeah.
1: Um, yeah sort of
0: deal for Joe Biden. But yeah, I think I think in general it's a pretty good bill. Uh, electric car infrastructure is something that I think close
1: to your heart. I think I close to my heart. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, I think uh, I think electric car infrastructure is good, and certainly in rural areas, I think a lot of um, a lot of care needs to be taken. So, certainly in the rural uh, northern states, yeah, uh, where perhaps the population is lower, a lot of people uh, don't want to get electric cars, maybe because of a slight image problem. Yeah. Uh, with electric cars but also because there's just not enough infrastructure for yeah. it and america's a big place
1: yeah
0: um and i think i think it has this uh this almost tendency to be have very localized uh areas with incredible yeah. infrastructure sort of um like you know the west coast um california yeah and then also uh just the like the like new york and sort of the midwest mm. and east coast area seems to be seems to be where everything gets focused on but i think it's a good bill um, I think everyone got, I believe, a fourteen hundred dollar um, COVID relief.
1: Yeah, they check. did. They did.
0: Um, similar, I guess, to the stimulus checks that uh, Donald Trump uh, originally sort of <laughs> brought in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Very good. No, uh... Uh,
0: it kind of, it kind of. Uh, you see, with the with the stimulus checks, you sort of see these satirical things that say, uh, you know oh, we love Donald Trump, he's doing... Look at look at this great stuff he's doing. Totally great. Uh, totally don't realize, great. They don't realise that the policies that Donald Trump was forced to bring in are actually uh, more liberal policies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, look after public welfare and they think it's a really... They're, they're effectively in in mm. line with the in line with more uh, liberal policies yeah. without really knowing it. It's a shock. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. I'd um, love, yeah. love to see a, a focus on... Uh, more sustainable um more sustainable power generation methods and i think electric cars and electric electrified infrastructure is going to be something even if it is just a a stopgap to uh what everyone claims is going to be the next big thing which is the hydrogen economy Mm. i think we have to sort of protect we have to sort of uh move we have to we have to move in mind like the future is going to progress like the present has and sort of start up taking the best that we have right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, America, America's going really great guns and and they hope by July, they'll be uh, also on the path, very close to Britain actually uh, with their vaccine rollout. So hopefully American have can have um, a COVID free end to this year um, or at least be close to it um, because the signs are quite good there at present. Yeah. And um, that's
0: one of the uh, that's one of the big things with having sort of a, a mega industrialized economy is the level of rollout that you can push for oh, yeah. things like I know they're not in terms of a percentage of population vaccinated. They're not quite on the not quite caught up to us yet. But mm. in terms of the sheer number of
1: people, yeah, uh, it's been an incredible it's been an incredible effort. And they're not they're not far off. They're still quite high up in terms of um in terms of the overall lead table a bit if you want to call it that um yeah. we'll just finish i suppose with a few amusing stories because i just thought of one actually so i'm not even going to look at mirror funny news stories this week um my well i sent this to you actually so you'll appreciate this um nigel farage <laughs> uh mr brexit himself uh who i sort of relate to more of an alan partridge figure now um <laughs> to be honest he's with like, you
0: he's like a caricature
1: he is uh, it is um, for those of you who don't know Nigel Farage, you should probably I mean, everyone's heard of Nigel Farage. He's kind of the right wing, I don't quite call him far right, but I'd call him a very moderate right. I suppose like the opposite of a Jeremy Corbyn, uh, who was a moderate left. He was like, a, Farage is a moderate right. He's got, I would say, quite charismatic, seems like a kind of guy who you could get on with on the surface before you hear his policies. Uh, he does have that personality. I said that really quickly, just to just to give myself a disclaimer. But he's, uh, <laughs> he he is his character and his personality is quite,
0: you know. It, it, he hides it, the hypocrisy well as well. He
1: does, and he you very know. very big sceptic. Yes, very big. Uh, he, he's, an absolute... he, he anchored Brexit, yeah. didn't he? He was the he was the man who anchored yeah, Brexit, he's, and...
0: uh, absolutely hell bent on yeah. uh, on letting us remain. However. I'm pretty massive sceptic, massive believer that Britain is the best. Mm. Uh, although I believe he's married to a German lady. Yes.
1: Um, yes. I think he's a. I always think Nigel Farage is he is uh, you know a massive believer in whatever his paycheck tells him he should be a massive believer in. Um, I do. I do yeah. think that there is an element of truth in that. But anyway business to slow down for Nigel Farage so recently he set up his own cameo page so and I quote (laughs) I think this was for £75 um, a call a mention so if you want to uh, give your uh, Brexiteer friend a, a birthday message or something along those lines, then obviously be happy to do so for the right amount of money, which is about £65, £75. Pounds. Uh, he also said he'd be delighted to give your lefty, your lefty or mega Markle fanboy or fan uh, a scare um, if, if if you wanted to do that uh, as well. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not you know... Nigel Farage, in terms of his policies, I completely disagree with most of them. However, I did laugh at this because he was st- he was stood in a tree, and he was stood in a tree like uh, Ben Fogle or whatever, and a naturist And the camera pans around, and he's there like an owl, uh, just perched. And I mean, seventy-five pounds. Would you pay it, Gus? Would you? Would you? Would you get one of your lefty friends, your strong liberal lefty friends? Would you scare them with a Farage? Um.
0: I was gonna say for an April Fool's prank, but I think the moment's <laughs> passed. I think it has. Uh seventy-five quid. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if the uh yeah, I don't know if the um investment banking pension's paying him well enough. No, no. Uh, uh
1: I think he's got quite a bit. Few...
0: It's a little bit steep, isn't it? It's yeah, for it's, a a, it's for it's aimed at a Tory Britain, let's say. It
1: is, it is, it is. Uh he's still <laughs> yeah, I did laugh though. I mean, to be honest with you, I know people look at him and vomit. Uh, from the left side, that's probably the people who he's who is targeting. But I do sort of look at him with you know, like you, I don't agree with virtually anything that he says or the majority of things that he says. But I have a backhand of respect to, for him for fighting for twenty years to get Britain out of European Union. I do have a kind of liking towards the charisma that he can display um, when he delivers a speech. However, I just disagree with most of the things that he has to um, that he says in those speeches. I think. I uh, I think he's a bit slimy, to be honest. Slimy, slimy.
0: I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think he I think he probably appeals to some people because he seems very down to earth.
1: Yeah, despite in fact not being no, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all, not at all, no. And you had a funny story actually, Gus. As well, if you want to round off with that, then
0: oh yeah. So uh, obviously masks are yeah. sort of becoming the in like, thing. Yeah, the in thing, if you like the. Uh, You know, something that perhaps is almost second nature to us. uh, Where if you told us this, I don't know, eighteen months ago, we'd have uh, we'd have probably laughed at
1: you. Um, And I have to say, you're not laughing now, are you? That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) What he said, big Nigel. I said that like I'm a fan. I'm not even a fan, but go on, carry on.
0: Um, But you know, masks have become sort of uh, part of everyday life. um, So much so that this. this uh, 25-year-old lady in California left her... She went for a, a driver's license photo and she left her mask on. Yeah. Drawing the photo. Didn't yeah. even realize. Yeah. Her license arrives a few weeks later mm-hmm. and she's just got a mask <laughs> on her, in her face. Wow.
1: Um, just, so... Uh... What can you do? What can you do? I mean, it's like a limb, isn't it? It is. And we wear, we wear it. I wear it quite a lot of places now. And I'm sure you do as well. Because you're keeping up there with the social distancing measures like the good boy you are. Uh, oh, of me, of course, uh, I try and do my best as well on that front as well. And to be honest, they are quite comfortable, especially the pet one. Uh, the I quite thing. like a mask. Yeah. All right. To be fair. so I, 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 I would I would happily wear one
0: if I was ill mm. in the in the future. Not with COVID, just yeah. with yeah. a yeah. cold or the flu or something. I would happily wear a mask for yes. the- for the for the protection of other people.
1: Yeah, to be honest, some people should just wear the full like a full head mask full time. So it can't just, you know, just sometimes you know it's not looking too good up there. Now that's quite mean. I apologize to anyone who feels like that. Don't wear that mask. Show all your bright colours and yeah, you know, just be yourselves. Anyway, this is going up on uh, just to avoid any nasty uh, slander there. This is going up on uh, it should be on iTunes, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um All that good, jazz. about 20, actually, that Big Heads Media have us up for. Uh, Big thanks to them for uh, putting us on those platforms. And give us a follow at Pint and Paul uh, on Twitter. Uh, Please do give us a message. I'm not very active on the tweets there because I do a lot of other administrating administrating on a lot of other different social media platforms, so it doesn't give me much time to actually put tweets out on that thing. I wish I could, but, you know, I'm just... um, I'm only human after all. Don't put all the blame on me. Who says that? Rag and bone, man. Who's that? Don't put the blame on me. I don't know. Fantastic. Thanks for coming, Gus. Oh, thank
0: you very much for having me. It's been, it's been an honour and it's been a good chat.
1: <laughs> it's, been an honor. it's been a good chat okay very oh, good it's been both of those things there you go. there you go always an honor uh should be an honor on sunday as well but that'll be that'll be a, a rocket league um enthused honor and uh slightly different league to this excursion. yeah and we won't be filming yep. that i don't think because uh, there might be some swearing hopefully on there. don't
0: uh... Does the rule of six apply to uh to Rocket League lobbies? Do
1: we know? Possibly, um, <laughs> possibly. Yes, yeah. so they as you are indoors. so as long as you wear a mask, might be be absolutely fine. Be absolutely fine as long as you wear a mask. Okay, thanks a lot. Stay safe thanks. wherever you are, and thanks for listening. Tune in next week when um the the idiotic Welshman might be back with his gruff vocal cords.